That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Another year, another cup final between London rivals Chelsea and Arsenal as the two biggest clubs in London will meet this Saturday for the FA Cup final. You saw Chelsea beat down Arsenal in the Europa League final last year. Uh, 4-1, you saw Arsenal beat Chelsea with a goal in the last minute uh, in the FA Cup final two or three years ago. But we're back here at Wembley, where uh, Arsenal have done so well against uh, Chelsea in FA Cup finals. And Chelsea will look to uh, right those wrongs this time around. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Alex, here with Javier. The FA Cup, it's, uh, it seems kind of meaningless this year, but... It's not just meaningless the, to us, all right? It's meaningless it, to yeah, you. Yeah, I think it, we ended up with the best final possible because while Manchester United and Manchester City, a Manchester derby would have been pretty interesting with how Manchester United have been playing. I don't. I really don't feel like it matters as much uh, to those two teams as the FA Cup does to Arsenal, the club that's won more FA Cups than anyone else in England, and uh, Chelsea, who in the 21st century, I think... Uh, we have the most FA Cups. So these are the two teams that take the FA Cup most seriously, and they've obviously, it's paid off for them this year because uh, one of them's going to end up with a uh, with a trophy at the end of this season with uh, with a new year or a first year manager winning a, a trophy. So it's a bunch of interesting storylines to uh, to look at. But we didn't have you on the pod the other day to talk about the recaps of this past weekend. So what did you make of Arsenal's three two win against Watford that uh, relegated the Hornets? Uh, I mean, I thought that we played really well up until the point that we put in the third goal, and then we kind of just. You could tell that all the players were just kind of trying to feed Aubameyang to try to get him to win the Golden Boot and weren't making the right decisions. Um, Eddie Nketiah had a one-on-one that he probably could have finished pretty easily, but he kind of put in a, a not-so-great pass to Aubameyang who sent him wide, and, and then Aubameyang wasn't able to finish, which would have really buried Watford. Um, but if you actually see the expected goals at the end of that game, I mean, Watford had at least six or seven very good chances in the second half, and players just completely went to sleep, which... You hate to see because, you know, I would have liked to see them see out the game, you know, maybe 3-1 or 4-1, which is what that result should have been. But the expected goals for Watford was like 4.5 or something like insane like that. It it was pretty ridiculous. um, I I did a double take when I saw it. It was the highest uh, expected goals at the Emirates since Arsenal played Manchester United um, in that game a few years ago when we lost 3-1 and De Gea made like 25 saves or something like that. And our expected goals is like 5.5 in that game. So it's been a while since a team, either Arsenal or anyone else, has had that many chances and they were only able to finish two of them. But, I mean, I wouldn't take that much out of it. I'd say a lot of our players were trying not to get hurt. And, um, you know, we did make a few changes to the team and we were missing a few of our, you know, key first choice players. Torreira just, he hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked good at all, really, under Arteta or Emery. And a lot of Arsenal fans are getting the feeling that we may need to move on from him, possibly sell him. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be successful at the next club he goes to. 
I would just want to see whether Arteta is really uh, married to the the, the three four three, right. or at least married to the idea of playing two in midfield. I don't think he's good because, in a two man midfield. Yeah, yeah, he really doesn't. He doesn't work there. Uh, I mean, he he could work there maybe with the right partner next to him, but I I don't think it comes as naturally to him. And he is kind of still learning a new league. He's been playing in. Uruguay and, and Italy uh, before this, which, you know, while tactically Italy is a very in-depth league, the the pace of it isn't as uh, fast. And he, he was pretty much playing in a, in a hard-working midfield three his entire time at Sampdoria. And uh, it's, not the, it's not like a complete excuse for him. I would just want to see whether Arteta has interest in playing uh, that kind of midfield three going forward. For, um, which we yeah, don't really know yet. During the first half, we were actually playing, you know, three in midfield and um, one up three zero with with you know that formation, only four at the back. Once Watford scored their first goal um, and they started getting a couple chances, we switched the system back to the three four three, and it didn't work. I mean, it was like I don't know, the players were confused a little bit, or they they'd already you know they'd already kind of checked out. They already thought, all right, we're up three zero, which you hate to see because we're about to go play this team, you know, very good team right. in Chelsea. You, that you you'd think they'd want to try and play their way into the FA Cup final right. lineup, right? And I'm sure Arteta would... He was not happy at the end of the game. He was shaking his head saying, you know, that we got pretty lucky to get a win out of that game. And I was quite happy that we were able to beat Watford and relegate them because I've been saying the last few weeks in the pod that I wanted Watford relegated. Um, and I was kind of hoping that Villa would be able to stay up. So um, by that result, we were able to do that by giving Villa the win the week before and then beating Watford the next week. Um, Aubameyang, one goal short of the golden boot. A little bit disappointing, but 23 Actually, 22 goals last season, 22 this year. So it's, it's a pretty damn good return, you know. Very consistent, and you know, while he ha- he's not, he doesn't miss a lot of chances. I don't know a player in the league that doesn't miss a lot of chances, and his work rate is excellent. And you know, I wouldn't mind having him around for two or three more years. But if we do get someone that comes in and bids 60 or 70 million for him, I think we should just sell him. I think we should just get rid of him and, and try to rely on Lacazette and then Katia and maybe buy another young striker. Sadly, Gabriel Martinelli's out till probably December or January of, of next year. Uh, with, uh, yeah, with that with that ligament damage this, that he did. Of this season? Of this, of this season, year, yeah. He'll, he won't be back till December, it looks like. So, um, so like halfway through or a little bit less than halfway right. through. So it kind of feels like we're going to need a Bamiang next year because we're not going to be getting, you know, we're not going to have Martinelli and I mean while Nketiah and Lacazette are good and while Lacazette has shown while he's by himself he can be that man and score a lot of goals and wasn't a player of the season two years ago I don't know how reliable a 29 year old you know Alexander Lacazette's going to be. Have you noticed the narrative around Aubameyang changing from one of like oh we have to do something to make sure he stays to basically an assumption that he's probably going to sign an extension and and basically stay at Arsenal. A part of me thinks that like his agent or someone put that out there and he didn't really get the offers uh, from other teams that he expected. So now he's just kind of like all right, yeah, I mean, I'll he's stay not going he's not going like, to get 250,000 pounds a week anywhere else. Like there's right, but isn't that the same mindset that kind of got you to where you are with Ozil? With Ozil, you know. But I would say both are very, very different players. I think when we gave Ozil his contract, but when the drop off happens for Aubameyang, like will he be on Arsenal's books when it happens, and how many years will yet left will he have on his deal? Well, he hasn't it's something really that dropped are off yet, going right? Right now, Ozil had already right, but dropped I'm saying off. It's something. It's something Chelsea are already going through right now with with Willian. Where it's much more clo- it's much closer to the end of his contract, and he could just walk away while Aubameyang has another year left on his deal. I think. 
I hate those rumors yeah, you, that apparently William wants to go to, to Arsenal. I don't I don't like that at all. Join David Luiz and I would not yeah, I would not uh, want William at Arsenal. Even though you he don't would, want Willian, you don't want Willian uh, imparting his wisdom upon uh, his I countryman mean, Gabriel Martinelli. It, it would be a free transfer, so it wouldn't be, it wouldn't really cost us any money other than his wages. But at the same time, it would be taking time away from, you know, Saka, Reese right. Nelson. You have plenty of other attacking players. Nicola that you Pepe. Could, uh, we just we just to. spent seventy million on on a right winger. So uh, you know, I guess but, I guess William's best position is the left wing. But then again, we again if we have a bombing, the only the only way I could see us. Get bringing William in is if we do sell Aubameyang for some reason, and then we just want a, someone else to fill that left wing other than Saka and give Saka competition. We could bring William in on a free transfer, but I can't he, see us signing he's him. He's mainly for three played years. right wing, but he can't he can play left. He's wing. He's better at left um, wing though. I think he prefers to play left wing, doesn't he? I think he's just kind of always been accommodating well, he, to Chelsea. He probably, he probably he probably would have played there this year then. He he was he's been playing on the right most of this season, though him and Pulisic kind of switch every now and then. He's mostly played on the right. What was I going to say? I was going to relate that to Aubameyang in that I, I agree with you that I don't really expect Aubameyang's like goal scoring prime to really end for another couple of seasons. If you could keep it going for three seasons in the Premier League, that would be excellent. I think he would be Jamie Vardy's age by the time uh, that contract came to an end because he's what like thirty one or thirty two now. He's thirty one. Um, thirty one. So but yeah, I mean Vardy just won the Golden deal. Boot at thirty four, which is. Pretty impressive, right. you know. You got to think yeah. that as a striker in the Premier League, they're pretty. They're pretty similar. I would they say. are kind of similar. Though Aubameyang is taller and obviously more talented, and done it in multiple different countries. Yeah, I, I could see him sticking around for another couple of years. But you, you just always worry with a player that side of their thirties, like how much money do we give them, and how does it impact not only their the their performance physically going into this new contract, but their mental preparedness. Where you know. Do they kind of settle and think, well, I've made it. We're coming down to the end of my career now. Like, how driven are they at that point in their careers when realistically at a club like Arsenal, he's not going to win the league anytime yeah, soon? Yeah, I would say the one thing I would say is you saw Mesut Ozil drop off like a couple of years before we gave him his contract. Like, there, there was almost right, no which basis. Was even crazier. Right, which was, there was almost no basis to give him that contract. People were just scared. Oh, we're going to lose Alexis and Ozil. We got to keep one of them. And I mean, I would have much rather we keep Alexis, you know, even though he was the worst Premier League signing of all time, between him and uh, that other, uh, Bebe. Both but both were United players. I think those are the two competing for worst I'm, I'm transfers of all time. I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think Aubameyang will continue his goal output, like you said, for the next couple of years. And even if on his third year of his contract, he's not you know at the same level he is now, I still think that he's a leader in the squad. You know, He's currently the captain. Yeah, I, think I don't that's know. That's a bigger issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, maybe. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is your captain. Uh, <laughs> you probably need to get some better, <laughs> more experienced players, more experienced leaders in there. Yeah, he's a great goal scorer, though. Um, let's let's cut the Arsenal Watford talk and go to the FA Cup final. It's going to be Saturday, twelve thirty p.m. on uh, ESPN Plus. I'm very much looking forward to this one. I feel like I can sit back and relax now that Chelsea have wrapped up Champions League. Um, I, I know we're probably the betting favorites to win this one based off league position and uh, the head-to-head games this year. This is a very similar situation to last season, except instead of Champions League, there's, it's Europa League on the line. And Right. I was about to say, do you feel your club declining with each season? One right. season, the, the cup final you're in is to qualify for the Champions League, and the next season you're like, oh my god, I hope we can qualify for the Europa League. <laughs> it's a, so pretty, it's say, a pretty drastic drop. I would say a part of me doesn't really care if we qualify for Europa. Um, I know that 
for some of the players, um, especially some of the fringe players, I'm sure it's important that we qualify for Europa because, you know, they like getting the extra exposure in the games, um, especially for someone like Martinez, you know, who I don't know how much sure. game time he's going to get next season outside of Europa. I'm sure we're playing every game in Europa, but I'm not like I'm not sold that we're that's going to be the best for us next year. You know, I think we really are going to want to try to push back into that top four. Um, I think that, you know, two teams this season with 66 points ended up being the third and fourth place teams. If next season, you know, we have to get around that level, 66 to 70 points. I mean, we got 70 points under Emery in his first season, and that was just out of top four. So I think you have to you have to think we could still get back to that. We could get 70 points, 71 points. I think just that would be our goal for next that. season. And I don't know how much just Europa real quick would on help that. there. Yeah. Do you not feel like the teams in the top half this season are overall like much better and tougher to face head to head than they were the previous season? Where, well, I would you know, say, I would say Wolves, Wolves was only Wolves four, have improved. Yeah, Wolves Leicester are only four improved. points uh, better than they were the season before. Leicester is obviously Newcastle the big and Burnley have yeah. improved immensely. Leicester was it's, the big uh, one, and Sheffield obviously. Um, I don't know how good Sheffield are going to be next season. Um, I'm sure they're going to spend their money probably pretty wisely. And, you know, if Wilder ends up being like a Sean Dyche where he can keep his team pretty consistent, then, you know, I'm sure they're going to be extremely hard to beat next year too. But I don't think they're going to be pushing for Europe. I think they, they definitely overachieved a little bit this year. And um, oh, they were sure. there were at times that you could see them falling apart or, you know, losing games 3 or 4-0. And you think, okay, you know, that's the Sheffield that we were thinking. And I think that next season they're not going to be as good. I'm not convinced that Brendan Rodgers' Leicester is going to be just as good as they were during the first half of the season. Because I would say in, in 2020 they've been pretty awful. They've pretty much had, like, relegation form. They they didn't really win any really big games in 2020. I mean, they drew with us, drew with you guys. Drew with us, yeah, in the league. Um, but they didn't I mean, get I don't that go many big wins. No, I, I don't want to go through their results either. The but I, I just think that there isn't going to be um, – there aren't some of these teams aren't going to be as good. I think Wolves will probably be similar level. Leicester's resume was pretty much like the calendar year of 2019 from when they like got Rogers in at the end of 2018 to they just started tearing it up in the second half of last season and then kept that momentum into uh, this season where the, the winter of 2019 they were next just behind Liverpool they were pretty much second the whole way through that uh, like that they would need period. to sign um a really really good center back probably and keep some really important and players keep some really important players we're yet to see um for me to think that they could I don't think they're going to improve I'm, I'm saying I'm saying this so basically to say that it's not just about getting x a number of points anymore it's about are, are teams trending upwards or are they trending downwards are we looking at uh more competitors for top four next season than we were for this season because it was a pretty long list for this season that's what made it so tough to call and the teams like sheffield and and i think even newcastle were a couple points off champions league at one point earlier in the season like there are a bunch of teams that you know had it within their grasp at some point this season and eventually things played out in kind of a, a rational way but it, it was a mental season. It's yet to be seen whether that will continue into next year and how teams will invest, whether they will invest to get better and how difficult that will make it for Arsenal to uh, try and outpace all those teams. Because where did you guys finish in the table? Eighth? Yeah, we finished eighth, um, which happens to be if uh, Wolves finished in seventh, Tottenham in sixth. So if by the off chance that we do lose the final, there's actually still a very small chance that we get Europa League. Um, that would come f if Wolves are able to actually win Europa League 
in um, you know a single when this season's Europa when this League, season's which will Europa be played League. the week after this FA Cup final, and it's going to be in Portugal. All these players, they're, the bunch of their players, I'm sure, are going to feel at home. Um, well, I think Wolves have their first game of Europa League is going to be at Molyneux. It's going to be the second leg of their Olympiacos uh, round of 16 tie, I think it was, uh, and they're tied one one in that. So if they beat Olympiacos, then they would face the winner of Sevilla and Roma, which is tied at nil nil with the second leg still to play. So that then it would go to single elimination in Portugal, and they would face either Sevilla or Roma in a one-game playoff. And then I can't remember who they would face after that. But there are plenty of really, pretty good teams left in Europa League that it, it's not a given that that happens. So yeah, I'm sure Wolves will be waiting with yeah, bated breath in, uh, after uh, laying over and letting Chelsea win the other day. They probably told our players, "Hey lads, we gave you a nice break this week. Gave you a couple goals just before halftime. You go ahead and go beat Arsenal next week." I think we got a pretty good chance because uh, what was the last game you remember Chelsea and Arsenal playing where there was basically no fans, no atmosphere, uh, the it didn't Europa really mean League anything final, to yeah. us. Yeah, and we wiped the fucking floor with you All guys. Right, but that was that was a, a like a monstrous last performance from Eden Hazard, and um, before I not went really, to Real Eden Hazard wasn't involved in the first goal. Giroud uh, okay, scored but the he first was, goal he from was an taking Emerson up cross. like almost all of our. He, he's the FA Cup king. Yeah, he's gonna I was going to say Giroud is, is the player that scares me. Um, you know, Pulisic. I'd rather have Giroud well. than Aubameyang in a, in, an F, in the FA Cup final. If I'm if I'm being honest with you, like give me Giroud over Aubameyang. Listen, we're scoring <laughs> two to three goals on you. Like your your Kepa Caballero trash is not going to keep out. Uh, you know, your 54 goals conceded this season more than. Arsenal, this is the worst season Arsenal have had in almost 20 years. Actually, more than 20 years. And we still conceded less goals than Chelsea this year. Uh, I think by like six or seven. So uh, I'm fairly certain that it'll be a high scoring game. I don't think we'll be able to keep you out either. Um, but we did yeah. have we did have an excellent, excellent defensive performance against Manchester City. And I expect the players to use that as a blueprint to, to go up against Chelsea. Um, I expect Chelsea to have more of the ball. But um, if it's high scoring, you guys aren't winning. Yeah, you might, guys need it to be like it a might be like clo- two one. You need, you need yeah, to close the game Arsenal. down and hope for a tight game that's very cagey and there's a lot of mistakes. That, that's what you're hoping for. And if we get an open game, I'm 100 percent certain that we're winning like three one or something. What? Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of what the lineup's going to be. I'm sure David Luiz is going to start. Um, we don't. I think it's going to be Luiz holding uh, Tierney. And then probably Saka at left wing back, and I want to say Cedric at right wing back. I think Bellerin is back. I think he was a doubt for Be- that Bellerin Watford game. Bellerin is back, and he back. usually does play very well against Chelsea. So maybe uh, maybe we'll give him the nod in midfield. I think it's going to it's going to definitely be Jaka Ceballos. That seems to be the the first <laughs> choice midfield. And uh, you laugh, but they've been playing quite well together. So uh, okay, it, it, in their function in that system of just kind of sitting in front of the that back three and just playing you know triangles with the with the center backs and then trying to ping balls out to the wing to try and it's release quite, the, the wingers i was gonna say it's very similar to how uh frank uses Jorginho and uh kovacic in when we play three four three like you'd think with mount playing as part of the front three he would drop in and be more of a midfielder but he actually does play as like a second forward and it's pretty much entirely up to Jorginho and kovacic having the the chemistry and that's my big question. Do you think you guys going to play? You know, it's it sounds like N'Golo Conte is going to be back for this game. Do you think it's going to be a three man midfield? Yeah. Or do you think you're going to you're going to so, try to match our our three four three? Supposedly, he could have played against Wolves. That's what I heard. But they uh, decided to just save him for the FA Cup final. 
I don't even know if that means he's definitely going to going to play. Uh, I mean, there's question marks all over the field, though I'm, I'm probably just going to lean towards the 3-4-3 that we've played ever since that win against Manchester United. We end up losing in that formation against uh, Liverpool, but I, I wouldn't say it's like down to the formation itself. It was down to just a couple mistakes. Uh, and then against w- Wolves, we pretty much did the same thing to Wolves that we did to United, where they could barely get across midfield and get a shot on target. It was, it was. I don't, I don't know if whether that's completely up to the opponents themselves or whether that's up to us. But we played really damn well in that formation two out of three times, and the third time was against the league champions. So. I'm optimistic playing 3-4-3, even if it's uh, Shorginho Kovacic, because like I said, they have some of the best mid- midfield chemistry I've ever seen uh, for two players. And you, you kind of don't expect uh, them with like their very slight stature to be able to cover the space they cover, anticipate uh, balls so well, and, uh, and then link up once they cut a pass out. So with them, yeah, I'm still optimistic, but I, I'd be really interested if we... Just went all out, played four three three, just dropped Mount into midfield and added Pulisic to the to the mix. Because when you play three four three, you're basically asking yourself, who are we sacrificing, Pulisic or Willian? And I don't think Frank's dropping Willian for this game. Um, he had an injury that kept him out of the Wolves game, so I think that means he saves Pulisic and brings him on as a second half substitute. Which, like, I, I don't know if that's the right move or not. It might end up being the right move. It might in the con context of the game end up being the move that like shifts the game in our favor and wins it for us so i don't uh, it's hard to say yeah the question for arsenal as well is um you know are we going to start eddie and katia he seems to have been favored um at times this season over lacazette but lacazette seems to have found his form at the end of the season and um we know Aubameyang will be starting on that left wing and it's just a question of pepe or in um i think lacazette's going to be the the center striker there so um, one of those two is going to be on the right wing. Um, I mean, Nketiah has been playing quite well for under Arteta. I don't think we'll see Reese Nelson. Um, I think he'll be an option off the bench and, and kind of one of those players that might be able to change the game. And I think either one of those players, um, I think another player who, who you saw change the game probably a bit too late in the final last last year, but Joe Willock, I'm sure he'll be he'll come on in the second half off the bench and be able to give us a bit more driving force in the midfield and and if we need a goal maybe he'll come in and get one so those are a couple players that i mean it's not those it's not great to be relying on uh eddie and ketia joe willick and reese nelson as your as your well, bench players but they've, they've mean, seemingly all been decent under our under arteta and have probably yeah. definitely upped their level from what we've seen under wenger or under emery from those players i mean they have also admittedly reached the age where you ex- would expect them to start you know, finding their feet a little bit more. When they're 17 or 18, you can kind of make excuses for them not always being involved in the game. But now that they're 20, 21, you know, you kind of expect a little bit more in, like input from them. I was going to say, why is it not like a sure thing that Lacazette starts? Because I, I know that he's not been great over like the long haul of this season, but I still feel like he's always been a threat and always... I think against uh, Chelsea, he done will. ...done well I against think the big he's teams. Always, like yeah, he he'll, scored that howitzer he'll, against Spurs. Right. Uh, he, he usually pops up in the big games against the big teams, which is... No, I you think know, he'll start. I think the question is Pepe or Enketia. Um And then and then randomly... That's what I was going to say. Randomly, I think he's he should brought, probably start Pepe. Probably. Probably. I think you need like weapons to keep our wing backs further back and uh, keeping from pressing you guys high up the field because that's when I've noticed in our three four three that we do the best is when we have Reese James and Alonso really high up the field, literally pressuring pressuring your wing backs or your uh, back three in their own half, and 
we've been able to get a lot of good chances off of those. It also leaves us kind of exposed at the back. So a, a pacey player like Pepe alongside Aubameyang and Lacazette, I, I mean, I could definitely see, see that scoring like two or three if it, if it goes uh, completely right for them. But I, I'm still confident we're going to have c- control mainly of the game. Like you guys, I know you're more happy to sit back and play defensively now. And we're certainly not as good on the ball as Manchester City. But I think you guys are still arrogant enough to be like, this is Chelsea. We just beat Manchester City and Liverpool. We can come out and, and play them a little bit and we can beat them. And that's what that's why I give us like a real chance. Because as soon as that game opens up, like I said, I, I think that falls in our favor. Because we, uh, we have think, the better I think like, you, dribbling You just have to look at the last time that we played, though, when Chelsea were up 2-0, Arsenal were down to 10 men, and we were able to bring that game back to 2-2 and almost win it in the end. And yeah, I, I mean, it was that... a fluke. Like any, like nine out of ten times, we win that game. But like, that's fine. You can. It's also you can also use it as a pointer towards I saying, just think the oh, Arsenal have spirit more spirit. That. Yeah, yeah, Arsenal have more spirit now under Arteta. I think that lends to that definitely. But still, nine out of ten times we win that game. It was like it was, you know, tactically, it felt like a loss for us. It felt you know, like a tactically, win for you. Arteta against Lampard is going to be much much closer than Sari versus Emery was. You know, Sorry completely outmatched Emery in that game. Um, and I think two completely different coaches here, both in their first final. It seems like so Ar- that, that, Arteta's a bit more of a brainiac than Lampard. No, and that. Lampard is a bit Frank, more of a, of a man Frank manager. Out, and, you know, Frank outthought he him makes a and, lot of and beat mistakes. him tactically in the first game. And then in the second game, that was kind of a wash because you guys went down to 10 men so early on. So you can't really. And then your first goal to get it back to 2-1. Or no to get it to 1-1. It was 1-1 and then we scored and made it. We weren't up 2-0 in that game. It we were up we were, you were down to 10 men. We went up 1-0 from a David Luiz red card for a penalty. Uh, then you guys scored on that Golo Kanté slip at midfield that Martinelli ran in on goal. Great solo effort by him, but a fluke goal. And then we go up in the 84th minute and then uh, Bellerin scores like right at the end a couple minutes later. So it was absolutely crazy mental game in one of the last couple games with fans before we switched to this behind closed doors format and uh, yeah I think the emotion of that game you guys attacking the away stand in that game and getting those goals with your your away fans like right there like you you know pushing you on definitely helped with that there's obviously going to be nothing like that in this game so what would be your score prediction maybe 2-2 and it goes to penalties who do you favor in penalties how good at penalties I, I is uh, Martinez favor, favor us in penalties if it goes to penalties I would favor us with either Caballero or Kepa in penalties then again we do have a bunch of we have a lot of good penalty many, takers Lacazette Aubameyang Pepe yeah David Luiz I feel like Aubameyang would miss a penalty in an FA Cup final I don't know you know like he did it he did at Wembley last year right uh, against Tottenham he did. Yeah, he's used. He's used to missing big penalties at Wembley. That's that's, that's fine. Yeah, we have some good penalty takers ourselves. Yeah, William. Got a William Jorginho. Ross Barkley isn't awful. All right, but you don't have that many. Uh, Aspilicueta is pretty good. Okay. David Luiz is a good one for you. Right. He's a good, really good penalty taker. If he's on the field at that point, if he hasn't been sent off by then, um, <laughs> I don't know. Since I, that I, game, I, I think City, the penalties more relies on your your goalkeeper. Although he did give another like... goalkeeper, did give another fucking penalty against Watford, but that was more Rob Holding having an absolute nightmare in that Watford game. So I'm a little bit worried about Holding because I think he's going to have to play in this game. He's been really on and off. He played very very well um, in a couple of the games so far since the restart, and then in a couple of other games he's looked atrocious. So. I'm, I'm curious to see which Rob Holding we get. He was pretty monstrous in that final um, next to Murta Sacker. 
against Chelsea in two thousand seventeen. Yeah, remember when remember when was an absolute monster yeah, in his absolutely. like last game his he last ever game played for us. Yeah, I was just like he's just summoned the ghost of himself from ten years ago to play this final. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know, I'd obviously be okay with holding starting for you guys, but you're right. He could have like a coming of age performance and play really well. So. Uh, it's yet to be seen. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna say. I think he's important against I'm, Olivier. I'm gonna Giroud. say. I'm gonna say two one Chelsea. Okay. I'm gonna say two one Chelsea. I think more likely for me. I'm. I'm, Dude, I'm, would I'm thinking two one uh, Arsenal, but I think two two going to penalties is 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 what like my brain is telling me more than my heart. But you don't think this game would be open enough, and there would be enough subs involved that one team would clinch the winner in the in the extra time yeah i mean it might be a fitness thing it might be uh you know who was the they have a week team. off they and, haven't had a week I mean, off sh- for a while sh- now hypothetically should be that arsenal want this more um i mean chelsea do have a, a clash against Bayern munich in a couple of weeks here and yeah, i don't know that's... if that's gonna at all be on the player's mind i'm sure the players and, and frank are still gonna think that they have some small chance yeah but that's that's absolutely that's a bonus to this season like if we can pull off the comeback and somehow get into that that tournament that's a bonus. Right now, our season pretty much ends with this FA Cup final, like in most players' minds. So I, I would just be so hyped for Frank if he won the FA Cup in his first season and got I Champions think, League. I think the like, other thing that... You would lit- we could literally just tell everyone to sit down and shut up about him and just watch. It would be glorious. I think the other final like big difference between this game and that Europa final was there was like two and a half weeks between the last game of the season and that Europa final. And there was just like so much time for someone like Sorry to develop a plan. And, you know, it didn't seem like Unai had much of a plan. I don't know. I feel like in a week's time between Frank and Arteta, I, I, I give it to Arteta. I give it to Arteta. Sorry doesn't develop a plan. Sorry plays the same way every game and he doesn't give a fuck about what his opponent does. So... I mean, you can make the argument of like rest helping us there, but we still went out to America for a like a postseason game that we ended up losing Loftus Cheek for a year in. So I don't know about rest being that much of a factor. Um, also, you guys went out there a couple days earlier. I think you just have to admit it, Javier, that Arsenal's time is over and Chelsea are you know now the most successful club in the 21st century in England. Do you, know, do you know how many years in a row we've gone to a cup final? It's like yeah, five it's years crazy. in a row now. It's pretty crazy. You we, guys are uh, almost always we, we go to cup finals every single year, and we may not win them every single year, but we win a good amount of them. So, you know, we lost to City in the League Cup last year, but won the Europa League. We beat United in the FA Cup final the year before that. Lost to you guys in the FA Cup final the year before that. We're in good shape. And, you know, if... if we can just keep this trend up of beating Arsenal in important cup finals, especially in the FA Cup final. Because I don't, I don't remember in our last two finals. What's this trend? You just won one game. Yeah, but we won the FA Cup like the season before the Europa League. I mean, we didn't beat you guys in the in the, in the FA Cup, but we have won it recently. So listen, you know, we're the we're FA, FA Cup kings. I think we're one ahead of United and like yeah, two or three ahead of you guys. So we, we need just to need to like cement ourselves as the FA Cup gods by winning this. Right. And we need to, we need to take that. Everybody. We need to take that throne because we're the club in England that's won the most trophies uh, in the 21st century. So we need to come and claim the FA Cup because we've got a ways to go in terms of league titles um, with United and now Liverpool uh, back. So, yeah, I'm going to say 2-1, maybe 3-1 if Chelsea are really uh, buzzing and we have a repeat of that at Manchester United semifinal. What, you're going to stick with 2-2 and Arsenal win on penalties? Yeah, yeah, no. 2-1 Arsenal. 2-1 Arsenal. No, you, I'm going to flip that. You said 2-2. 2-2. Two, two. Two, 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 actually, 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. Okay. I said my heart right. said 2-1, but my mind says 2-2. Two, two. Yes. <laughs> but we win on penalties. Martinez got. I'm... I'm actually looking forward to it. 
like I'm obviously a little nervous, but I'll I was I'm definitely was more nervous on Sunday than I'm going to be for this uh, FA. It's going to be the final. battle if of the Argentine it, backups, who yes, are, who are exactly. technically now the starters. The master takes on the pupil, right. Big Willie versus uh, Little Emmy. Pretty sure right. Emmy's bigger, but yeah. No, no, no. Big Willie is you know he's he's Big Willie. He has to be bigger. He's he's older and wiser and looks like Johnny Sins. Uh, all right, that uh, wraps it up for this week's Ghost Goal podcast. Tune into that FA Cup final on Sunday. We'll probably be back early next week, uh, recapping the results. If uh, me or Javier, whichever one ends up losing. Uh, has the guts to take it. You can follow us on social media at ASMOS92, at JavierRev9 on Instagram for Javier's uh, Instagram account, and of course at GhostGoldPod on both Twitter and Instagram. Javier, thank you for uh, coming and recording with me. Don't, don't you feel today. like after the momentum of beating a team like Manchester City in the semifinal? Don't bring like, up another topic when I'm closing. Oh, don't God do that. damn it, Alex. We're going to win. We're going to win. We got <laughs> okay, this. Okay, Javier. May the, be, may, the, may the best club win. Yes. And by that, I mean Chelsea. Uh, Until next time. Fire! <laughs>